welcome to episode number 45 of the Lions podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined every week by Brett Colson right here talking, as you would expect, some March Madness. We got Major League Baseball getting going. Yes, Major League Baseball getting going. We're going to talk some massive, massive wagers that some that paid off, some that did not. We're going to talk some big wins as well, and then we'll end this out, of course, talking your March Madness bracket and maybe some betting strategies along the way. But Brett, a lot of people say this, and I know it seems cliche whenever we get into this time of the year, but it's kind of hard to argue if you are a sports fan, and if, especially if you are a sports better, that the next four days are not the best four days in sports. No, they absolutely are the best four days. You're right. And and it's that's, that's coming from, I think, I speak for both of us, like we don't watch college basketball all year. I, I've watched maybe, I did watch the Duke-Gonzaga game, I think that opened the season. I've watched maybe 10 minutes of basketball since that. But I get more hyped for this next four days than, I mean, I'm more excited about this than the start of baseball season, which started today, and I almost forgot that it was starting today because March Madness starts on Thursday. So, I mean, it really is exciting. There's just so many games to watch. There's so much on the line. And uh, if you like betting, uh, there really is no better event than March Madness. Yeah, I watched a ton of SEC basketball this year, but that is about as far as I would say that I know. Um, obviously, uh, I'm an LSU guy. LSU has a good team, so watched a ton of LSU play, so then I got to see a bunch of the other SEC teams as well, and then just because of that, I wanted to see the landscape and watched a bunch of just SEC games just in general with Tennessee being good, Kentucky being good, and you know Auburn coming on there at the end of the year as well. So I, I know the SEC, but past that, um, yeah, I mean, just the marquee games that were on you know, in the evenings were the stuff that, that I was watching. So I wasn't watching a lot of these mid-majors, certainly wasn't watching any of these small schools. So uh, take a look at the videos that we've produced on the Play, uh, on the, uh, Play Picks YouTube channel. Should be sure and check out the articles at the Lions and Play Picks as well because we have – Got some people who did watch those You're mid-major right. teams and got those people that did watch those small schools talking about those guys over there as well. Of course, you can follow at the Lines US at PlayPixUS as well, where you'll be able to find all of this stuff get posted as it goes. But, Brett, let's start with some news here. And this is something that, you know, this is something you would have found on the old podcast, but certainly is very relevant for the stuff that you and I do as well. The New Jersey sports betting numbers did come out. $320 million in handle for February. So this is the second consecutive month that, that like 80% of the wagers were placed via mobile or online. Um, you know, look, these numbers, I think, you know, they did drop a little bit. But of course, there's you know three, two or three fewer days in February than there is in every other month, and again, your your football season at that point has effectively wound up. And I know people say, oh, but you have the Super Bowl, you have the Super Bowl, but you have to understand, like when you have a whole month of you know fourteen to sixteen games happening every weekend, there's just more opportunity for more money to get bet. Well, yeah, even in January, I mean, the most bet games of the entire season happened in January because you had all those playoff games, and you only got the one playoff game in February. So, I mean, regression is, is certainly expected with less football betting volume. Um, but still, I mean, uh, $320 million, down $65 million from January, but I would say that's that's a pretty big win for New Jersey again. And just seeing these numbers, I mean, 258 of that 320, again, more than 80% for the second consecutive month happening online or via mobile. And 
this is a great time to say if you're listening to this and you're looking for the legislative news, we do have a uh, split the podcast in half. We have the Legal Sports Report podcast now, the LSR pod. So just head over to LegalSportsReport.com. You can listen to that podcast over there where they get really, really in-depth into all this stuff. But, uh, Brett, I mean, this it, it goes, we would be remiss if we didn't say on here, if you are a state looking to legalize gambling, sports wagering in your state, and you see these numbers coming out of New Jersey, how in the hell could you pass a bill that does not have a mobile or online element in it? It just is beyond baffling to me. I cannot wrap my brain around this. Yeah, all you have to do is look at the percentage of people who are using their device to bet. I mean, it's it's like you said, it's 80 percent last month. And that's it's the way of the world. Come on, guys. Just get like, with it. it. I know. Get with it here. God, just not this hard. It's not hard. It is not hard at all. And you're getting in game once you allow the online and wagering. So you're just increasing handle that much more that way because you can't do that live. I mean, they were trying it forever. You just can't place a bet that fast. It just doesn't happen. So, uh, yeah, get, get with the program there. One of the other interesting things I think we saw was it, at New Jersey. Of course, we did a bunch of Oscars content. You did a ton of Oscars content over at the lines. We did a whole special podcast on here about all that Jess Wellman certainly crushed all of that but $747,696 in bets on the Oscars coming out of New Jersey I know that you know when you see the overall handle of 320 million that doesn't seem like a lot but Brett this is basically you know a, a vast majority of these categories were you know almost foregone conclusions if you'd watched any of our content or listen to any of the podcasts or anything like that just said you know there were several 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 of those that the winner was already in the bag and so to get nearly you know to get three quarters of a million dollars in handle on the oscars where people are betting you know they were probably betting these crazy 25 30 40 50 to 1 long shots just thinking trying trying to get it i don't know it's, it's pretty funny a lot of gamble out there in new jersey i think yeah, seven hundred forty-seven thousand. How much of that was Jess? Was she like a quarter of that? <laughs> yeah, no, she got she got some bets down in New Jersey, but uh, yeah, and a, and a pretty good win for the books too. They paid out five hundred sixty-five thousand, so a twenty-four point four percent win for the books on Oscars. And Jess uh, made a pretty funny uh, she uh, a pretty funny tweet that uh, they made more on the Oscars than the Super Bowl in February, which is pretty amazing because some a lot of the books got crushed on the Super Bowl thanks to the chalky Patriots winning and covering there. I know FanDuel lost around a million dollars on the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I would say uh, pretty solid numbers. I think estimates were around a million maybe for, for Oscars handle. So I fell short of uh, a few people's estimates there, but still 747K is uh, – Pretty good for the yeah, first. Yeah, I mean, like we said, I mean, like uh, you know, casual bettors don't want to bet on big favorites. So they just, one, they don't have the bankroll to do it anyway, right? So I mean, like this is basically a lot of people just getting in there and splashing around and gambling. I don't know. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty funny to me. Uh, of course, the big news that moved some of these sportsbook lines out there was on the Cleveland Browns because they acquired one Odell Beckham Jr. reuniting him with his college teammate in Jarvis Landry. I went ahead and looked at apartments, Brett. I'm moving to Cleveland. They are now my team. The Saints are going to have to wait a season. This is, this is Brown season for me, man. I, I was one year ahead of you. I, I wanted to be a Browns fan last year when they <laughs> drafted Baker and signed Tyrod. That's that's like my ultimate combo. I, I, how can you not love this team? This team is so much fun now. 
if you are a Giants fan, I do feel sorry for you. Uh, you are in you are in the dreaded rebuild here, and you're going to go through the dreaded rebuild. Apparently, with Eli Manning at quarterback, he is he was on the roster to pick up that five million dollar roster bonus, and likely going to be the quarterback there for you, unfortunately. But talking about the Browns here, once this got announced here, we were talking about at South Point. Chris Andrews came out and said we had the Browns at twenty five to one to win the Super Bowl. They're now at 15 to 1 over at the Westgate. They moved from 25 to 1 to 14 to 1. The Giants did go the opposite direction from 40 to 80 to 1. Uh, I think that would have been lighting money on fire even at 40 to 1. And then over at William Hills, the Browns went from 25 to 1 to 18 to 1. They actually came out, Nick Bogdanovich there for William Hill said we were already a decent loser with them. And now it's going to be just incredibly massive. They moved the Giants from 40 to 60. Uh, Brett, I mean, listen, this is a pretty significant line move. I mean, of course, you're moving you're moving this team. They were at 25 to one basically everywhere, moving them down, you know, as low as 14 to one there at the Westgate on grabbing one player. But at the end of the day, I mean, it is one player that. I mean, I, I'm sure there's going to be guys run the simulations and have the numbers or whatever. But I mean, I would imagine moving Odell to a team like the Browns where you already have like a, a secondary options and you've got a good quarterback and whatnot. I mean, he's probably worth a couple of wins. Yeah, outside of uh, some quarterbacks and maybe some edge rushers, I think Odell probably moves the line more than anybody in the league. I mean, he has that much impact. He's got to stay healthy, of course, but I mean, he has that much impact on a game. So not surprising at all to see the lines move. Uh, to, to see the lines move, to see the line, to lines move as much as they did was a little surprising. But I mean, DraftKings and FanDuel, for example, were a little ahead of it. They were at 20 to 1 before the trade, now at 14 to 1. So, I mean, they were a little lower than some of the other books in Vegas. But um, yeah, this uh, this certainly moved things a bit. Over at DraftKings, twice as much money has been bet on the Cleveland Browns to win the Super Bowl as any other team in the entire league. So if you have been going through hell as a Cleveland Browns fan for the last decade and a half, you can at least at least going into this season, Brett, now how this is going to end up, we never know. But at least going into this season, you probably have the most hope you've had in <laughs> a dozen years. You know, I mean, like this, it's got to feel good, at least in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, look, this is the second straight year. There's some Cleveland Browns buzz going into the season last year with Hard Knocks. Somehow a team that hadn't won a game the prior year was 80 to one to win the Super Bowl and people were firing it, which was amazing. And now coming off a seven win season, the Browns have the fifth shortest odds in the league to win the Super Bowl. They're behind only the Chiefs, Patriots, Saints and Rams, the four teams that reached the conference championship games last year, and then the Browns. Like, they're ahead of the Colts, Chargers, Eagles, Bears, all teams that made the playoffs last year. <laughs> like, the, the, the steam on this team is real. And I just have to say this. If you haven't bet the Browns yet, you missed the boat. Like, the boat is already halfway across the ocean. Come back to shore. Look for some value on some of these other teams because, like, the true odds of the Browns winning the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, uh, not 14 to one. I, like I, I have faith in this team. I have faith in this team like two or three years from now, but I mean, right. look, we're still talking about 
a team that had you know a ton of holes on defense they need they still need to shore up on that side of the ball we're still dealing with Baker who only started the last you know several games of the season last year or whatever so it doesn't even have a full season under his belt yet of, of games started in the NFL I mean like it is it's hard to play quarterback in the NFL that's why there's only a handful of guys that are actually good at it you know I mean it's just so I, I look I, I'm with you pump the brakes a tad look maybe next maybe next year would be uh, you know w- once these guys have all worked together and, and really understand each other a little bit better uh the Browns might be the, the team to kind of get on there but uh yeah I, I'm with you I think that you bring in Odell certainly a big uptick but to to drop these numbers so dramatically and so drastically I think is, is pretty crazy yeah and I mean if you want to get value on a team I don't think you have to look far like right in the same division Baltimore made some really nice offseason moves and in, in the Odell move and in, in the the Olivier, Olivier Vernon trade for the Browns kind of overshadowing what overshadowing what the Ravens did to me Baltimore might be the best bet in the league just because of the hype of the Browns and all the the line adjustment not only in the Super Bowl but within that division like you look at the Superbook right now in Vegas the Browns are plus 140 to win the AFC North the Ravens are plus 250 right like people are I think people are sleeping on Baltimore because of what the Browns did in the offseason and these are the spots I like to look at to try to take advantage of uh, with the public action and and maybe make some money uh, betting on teams that are outside of the hype bubble. While you were sleeping, you uh, <laughs> literally, the, yeah, while you were sleeping, and that is not even just a line. That was actually, while you were sleeping, uh, Major League Baseball got started, and that is not a joke. You woke up to the A's and the Mariners having completed a game over in Japan with, and if speaking about uh, good feelings, if you're a fan, Brett, if you are a Mariners fan, your team is on pace to win 162 games this year. So there you have it. That's a, that's a good feeling, I would suppose, as well. The Mariners won nine to seven over the Oakland A's. You had a grand slam from Domingo Santana. Yes, if you were unaware, Domingo Santana now plays for the Mariners. He had a grand (laughs) slam in that game. Uh, We will talk a ton of Major League Baseball next week leading into, you know, the real opening day in our eyes or whatever. I mean, you can still head to DraftKings right now and and, and bet the World Series winner, um, you know, the, the shortest odds out there lie in the Red Sox, Astros and Yankees. Those are all plus 650 right now to win the World Series Dodgers at 800 Phillies at a thousand. So the signing of Bryce Harper got your Phillies all the way down to the fifth most fifth most uh, fifth best odds to win the World Series this year, Brett. Yikes. Don't do that. <laughs> fifth the most. Now, if you're wondering who is the longest shot to win the World Series this year, you can go and get a ticket at DraftKings on the Baltimore Orioles at plus 40,000. So Orioles looking uh, looking real, real, real bad over there at the DraftKings Sportsbook, plus 40,000 if you wanted to get down on the birds. Uh, they are Quick, going, name, me, name me a picture for the Orioles. I was going to say, they are going to be horrible, dude. They are going to be so, so bad. I mean, it is going to be a, a long, long, long season for that Orioles team. I looked at their roster yesterday, and it is, it's one of the worst ones I've ever seen. I'm trying to think of who even plays for them anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> something Trey Mancini I mean every every, everyone everyone you remember playing for them like does like Kevin Gosman does not play for them anymore Adam Jones does not play for them anymore like all these people that used to play for them just like don't play for them anymore obviously Manny Machado does not play for them anymore like like every every everybody you remember playing for the Orioles does not play for the Orioles anymore it's sad I, I had a fantasy baseball draft two nights ago and I don't think anybody on the Orioles got 
drafted. <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they're closer. I think that's that's the only one. Yeah, yeah. So so the person can pick up all like fifteen saves that he's going to get this year right. or something. Exactly. Uh, again, baseball. I uh, have a ton of stuff looking into baseball on next week's pod. So be sure and tune in. We'll talk team futures. They've even got player futures, regular season wins up over there. Of course, division winners and whatnot. So we will take a deep deep dive into that stuff and see what see what we can fish out here there might be some better lines amongst the three you know books that we talk about a lot in bet stars and FanDuel as well so uh we'll take a look at those things let's talk some big bets and big wins here brett this is a fun time we really like uh doing this on the podcast we fortunately live in the digital age where we are able to see when these things happen and and how often they happen and getting the stuff like a fan duel better hit a nine leg parlay mostly college basketball games seven college games and two nba games all against the spread so this wasn't even a this wasn't even a money line parlay this was all against the spread nine legs 250 dollar bet eighty four thousand dollars brought home on that one i have i mean i rarely place parlay bets as it is anyway but normally if if I'm doing it, it's certainly on the money line, and it's rarely, rarely ever against the spread. To hit nine against the spread games, I was actually surprised. I was actually surprised that the 250 only brought in 84,000. It seems like it should be more than that. Yeah, you would think. I, I, just a nine leg parlay. My God. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Well, congrats to this guy. Yeah, I mean, 84 grand in that deal. Yeah, it'll take home. Over at DraftKings, there was a guy who hit a 12 leg parlay and all he bet was over unders <laughs> so he only bet over unders he only he did a dime so he and when i say a dime not like a dime if you're a big better out there like an actual dime like you know that you find on the ground at your house or something like in the couch cushions yes an actual 10 cents and turn it into 230 bucks <laughs> this these stories almost make me feel better than the 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 huge wins because there are guys out there that, I mean, you know, this guy is just the super amazing casual better because like you are never betting a dime on anything. I'm never betting a dime on anything. So to see a guy turn a dime into 230, you, you know, this felt like winning the lottery for him. I wonder how many $10 par or 10 cent parlays this guy is firing every single day <laughs> just to hit the one. And he got it. He got it. I know. I mean, this is, this is like the, um, so I'm sure you've messed around with it when you were in New Jersey. I know we were all messing around with it when we were down there for the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship, but it's like those $1 parlays on guessing the exact hockey scores. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you can bet, and guys, this is not exaggeration. This is not hyperbole. So if you are over there in Jersey and basically just want to play the lottery on a daily basis, you can do these, like, three and four team, $1. It literally only costs $1 parlays on the exact hockey scores and one dollar will return crazy i mean like five figures every time and sometimes six Six figures figures. yeah Yeah. i mean like you you literally can turn a dollar into six figures guessing the exact hockey scores brett as we found out it's really hard to do though yeah i uh yeah that look if you if you if you're you need a long shot like in the contest the the sports winning the national championship if you need uh, some some kind of, I mean, what are, the, what are the odds even of hitting that? They're insane. But yeah, if you need something big, that that's one way to go. I would not advise uh, betting on 
these every single day, though. I mean, you know, throw throw ten dollars aside, get you ten dollars <laughs> of sweat. You know, there's no no big deal there. Some other big winners. I got DraftKings ten bucks into thirty five hundred on just a three leg uh, soccer parlay. Ninety nine dollar nine leg soccer and basketball parlay won a hundred and two grand over there at DraftKings. And also interesting that the guy bet ninety nine dollars instead of a hundred. Yeah. Like, like, why did he bet ninety nine dollars instead of a hundred? Because it was nine legs. Yeah. Okay. You know what? He's a little. The guy's a little superstitious. There you go. I like that. And there was another nine leg parlay, a two hundred and fifty dollar nine legger for eighty four thousand seven hundred and twenty two dollars, which is absolutely crazy on a land based casino over at the river, over Riverwalk Casino in Mississippi. Guy had this a, is the best one. Guy had a twenty five dollar, and this is no joke. 20 team parlay hit for $104,412. Brett, we were talking about how it's hard to hit a three leg, a four leg, a five leg, a 20 team parlay for $104,000. Yeah, it was all basketball, but it had a little bit of everything. I mean, he had some NBA over unders. He had some just random college basketball games like Toledo and Eastern Michigan, Belmont and Appalachian State. He was betting money lines on those games. I mean, this guy was all over the map, but bam, all 20, all 20 came through. We like to talk about the big bets sometimes. I mean, we talk about the big wins. Sometimes we got to talk about the big bets that don't pan out. And according to MGM Racing Sports over there at the Mirage, they took a $310,000 bet on the Raptors money line when they were playing the Cavaliers last week. They were minus 420. Now, it was a road game, but still minus 420 of, as you well know, Raptors good, Cavaliers bad. That would have won him $73. So bet $310,000 to win $73,000. Brett, I don't remember if you know if you remember how that game turned out do you do you remember how that how that game turned out they were the, the, uh, the raptors were eight and a half point favorites in in that game um no don't, don't I'm remember guessing, I'm, I'm guessing they lost yeah they lost by 25 actually so wow. uh yeah the Cavs beat the raptors by 25 points and that betters three hundred and ten thousand dollars stayed in the the books over there at the mgm mirage and uh yeah, they're going to put up a new screen or something over there, I'm sure. With, with How this guy's did that party. happen? I know, I know. I mean, they were four, I mean, four, $4 favorites. I mean, you know, just crazy. I mean, it was That's stuff you see in baseball or just like yeah. or hockey, like random events. Like basketball, you don't see that. It's so predictive. And I think I, I when when someone placed this bet, there was a lot of action on Twitter. People saying, like, why in the hell would the guy do this? Like, why would you ever do that? And, you know, in basketball, there's two different reasons. One, it's so predictive when the very elite teams play the bad teams. But then also, Brett, there is motivation for the Cavs to lose. So, I mean, it's not it's not even the fact that it's just superior talent facing inferior talent, but there's also real reasons for the Cavaliers to lose this game. And then they go out and win by 25. Yeah. Where was Gil on this one? I hope that wasn't Gil. Yeah. I mean, seriously, God, I hope that was not Gil on that thing. And that is, <laughs> that's a bad one, but yeah, we're going to keep, uh, we'll, we'll keep talking these big bets and big wins here as they continue to roll in, but just a uh, really interesting stuff going on. Uh, really interesting times in sports betting right now, but Let's talk some March Madness here, Brad. I mean, this is the time of the, of the year here, and let's just do some shameless plugging here. What what all do you have going on over at the Lines and Play Picks as far as content? 
Uh, well, we've got. Uh, well, if, if you're looking for picks, if you're looking for the sleeper picks, if you're looking for uh, teams, the top seeded teams that might be vulnerable, if you're looking for teams that you want to pick in your brackets, we've got all that stuff at play, play at playpicks.com. If you're looking for updated odds, if you're looking for uh, some of the more industry stuff related to March Madness, that's what you'll find at the lines. We've got all kinds of great content there. And of course, obviously the, the play picks video channel. I know you and Matt Peralta doing a lot of great things over there, uh, pushing some March Madness uh, picks and, and that kind of content um, as well. So, I mean, all, all things March Madness this week, we're, we're, we're trying, trying to get some sleep, but uh, it, it's such a fun time and uh, we're just tackling it all day long. And that was a perfect segue, Brett. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Matt Peralt doing some good content for us over there. Guy watches a ton of college basketball during the year, has always been a big college basketball fan. Uh, doing videos for us, but we were able to catch up with him, talk to him briefly about what's going on over at March Madness, some plays that he likes, who he thinks is going to be cutting down the nets at the end of all this. So let's go over to Matt Peralt. Now joined on the podcast by Matt Peralt. You have seen him over on the PlayPix YouTube channel. Probably we'll see him on the lines as well. Very happy to have you here with us. Matt, you are a guy that watches more college basketball than most, and so we have had some videos produced here, and we are going to talk a little bit of March Madness as we lead into the opening couple of days here. Yeah, you know, this is going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, This is the most fun week, especially Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think it's the most fun week of the year. And it's a great thing this year. I think we're having a lot of fun with the tournament. So let's just start off kind of on the very surface level here with this. And then we'll kind of move into something, some things a little bit more deep, like especially like the video that you made for us. So uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But let's just start on the very surface here. Who are a couple of high-seeded teams that you think are very vulnerable in this tournament? Because there's going to be a lot of people who are listening to this who have yet to fill out a bracket. There's going to be a lot of people here who are looking to lay down some bets. And so who are, you know, maybe some one-two, maybe even a three-seed that you think is is pretty vulnerable in this thing? Uh, I I think there's a couple that I would look for early in the tournament that I think could be on upset alert. I talked about it a little bit on the video. I mean, I, I think Kansas is very much uh, on upset alert coming up with Northwestern, sorry, Northeastern, excuse me, my geography, Northeastern. Um, there's a couple of things I talked about in the video, but effective field goal percentage is one stat that I love to look at, three-point percentage, because in upsets, it's the greatest equalizer. And I love looking at the opportunity to see what a defense does uh, for defensive efficiency. And, you know, Northeastern's a team that shoots a ton of threes. Uh, they're going to run. They don't play defense, but Kansas, I, I think, if, if, if the threes are going down, Kansas has been beaten by lesser teams uh, this season. So I got Kansas on upset alert. I got Kansas State on upset alert. I, I think UC Irvine's a really bad matchup for them. They play two centers. Uh, they're going to you won't be 100%. Uh, I really do think that K-State should be on upset alert. Uh, I, I'm looking for, you know, I, I think for the most part, though, the one seeds and the two seeds are going to be okay. And, and I think this is going to be kind of a short tournament. We're going out a bracket. I mean, since 1985, Number one seeds have won 80% of their games. 20 of the last 34 national champions have been number one seeds. And there's only been eight since 65, only eight games that have featured. You've got to be real careful about those, you know, it'll happen a lot. Like, that would happen again this year. Matt, what's your, what's your take on the Duke dynamic this year? I mean, we're seeing 
on ESPN right now, like 38% of people are picking Duke to win the championship. What are the actual odds that Duke goes all the way in this thing? There's a good chance of it, but I also think that if you're talking about, you know, do you want to win your pool or not? I think you've got to save Duke. I think you've got to try to find the spot in which they lose. And, you know, for me, I, I think one game to look at is the Michigan State Elite Eight Finals, the, the, the regional final game that I think they could wind up losing. And, and, and look, you've got a great offense, uh, you know, a, a great coach. You've got some some interesting you know, storylines about, hey, you know, and Michigan State's really mad that they were in the same bracket as Duke. I, I mean, I think if you're going at your bracket, I think you have to save Duke. But gambling-wise, I mean, I think you have to be real careful picking against them just because of what they just did in the ACC tournament. And, and with Zion Williamson now being healthy, I mean, forget it. I mean, they're just, they're so talented that if they put their minds to it, they should win. But I think you've got to look at them, you know, later in the tournament losing. I don't see them going out any time before the Elite Eight. So let's talk a little bit about some of the videos that you've made for us over at Play Picks in the Lines. And one of the ones that I think will draw a lot of attention here is is just the five um, five potential upsets in round one on the money line. Because, again, everybody loves to bet a little and win a lot. And so they want to get more money back than what they laid down on the counter there. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this. I mean, we're not saying that these are locks or any any stretch of the imagination. We're just saying if you're kind of an underdog better and prefer to root for the dog. And uh, these are five teams that, that might get it done for you. Yeah, I think for me, I, I, I think for starters, I've mentioned it before, I think both Kansas State and Kansas uh, are on the are, are on major upset alert in their game. And I guess I think the longest of the video, the longest odds I took was Northeastern at plus 255. Uh, that was on that was yesterday, so the, the odds may have changed a little bit on that. But, you know, I think you, you got to look at what Vegas or, or what the, the books are telling you when it comes to the line. Kansas? versus a team like Northeastern should be a double-digit line. The fact that it's only seven to me tells me that the books are well aware that Kansas has been known to lay eggs and be really bad this year. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of, of money line wagers, I think you got to look at those under-double-digit lines in, in, in big seat differentials and see who potentially you could wind up picking for an upset. I mean, the UC Irvine situation is really interesting to me because people don't know much about these guys, but the Anteaters – are really interesting. I, I mean, look, Oregon over, you know, 512 is tough, right? So I picked Murray State to beat Marquette. Uh, I think it was plus 175 or somewhere around there. I mean, am I just going out on a limb and being all that contrarian by saying that? Well, no, but I, I, I think 512 historically are things to look at when it comes to money lines and, and, and taking the outright winner. And, you know, very similar teams playing each other with both offenses running through one primary score uh, with Marquette. Four games in four days in Vegas. I'm a huge Dana Allman fan. I covered him a bunch at Creighton when I was in Omaha. I was a pre and, po- pre and post game show host for Creighton basketball when Coach Omaha was there. And, He's a wizard when it comes to tournaments, and his teams are really difficult to face. And I don't think Wisconsin can score a lick. Oregon plays good defense, and they score more, and I think they're a hot team. So I think at one point it was like minus 104. It wasn't huge plus money, but it was near even money on Oregon to win that game uh, overall. All right, so let's go, let's close things out here with your final four picks. Everybody wants to know who's going to make the final four. So, who is your final four, and then who uh, who moves on to the finals, and then who eventually cuts down the nets? So I have Duke, Big Shot. <laughs> I have Gonzaga, uh, I have Virginia, and I have Kentucky. 
And then in the final, I have Gonzaga versus Kentucky, and I have Gonzaga cutting down the nets. Now, the reason why I think Gonzaga is cutting down the nets is because if you look at their Kempom, if you look at their numbers all year long, this has been the best basketball team from start to finish in college basketball. And I think them losing to St. Mary's was a wonderful thing. And I think losing the way they lost to St. Mary's is a wonderful thing because they got embarrassed and everybody Oh my gosh, Gonzaga is not nearly as good as we thought they are. Well, guess what? They are. They ran through their entire conference. When you win that many games in a row, I think you get complacent, and I think you end up you know, just taking things for granted. So I love Gonzaga. They've already beaten Duke once. I think the second shot at, at Duke, I think they can do it again to Duke in Minneapolis. Uh, I think that's the game that Duke loses. And then I think Kentucky coming out of it, I, I think Kentucky's got a massive chip on their shoulder. I last they're playing. They're going to need some help. Racket play, and to be honest, I'm really petrified of what I think is going to be the second game for Kentucky, where they'll play Wofford. I think Wofford, my best bet, by the way, for the whole for the whole first two games, first one is Wofford to cover the two and a half three point line over Seton Hall. I think Wofford's going to destroy Seton Hall. But uh, Seton Hall, I mean, uh, Wofford, if they if they see Kentucky in the second game, which I think they're going to, that scares the heck out of me. And Wofford could beat Kentucky and kind of blow up the entire situation. Uh, I think it's Kentucky and Gonzaga, and I got Gonzaga cutting down the nets coming up here uh, in Minneapolis. Matt Peral, thanks for joining us. I know you're up there in Utah. Enjoy yourself, my friend. You can find him online at at Sports Talk Matt. You can listen to him every day on SB Nation Radio on Pushing the Line. So we will uh, we'll see you back here in Vegas in a day or so, and uh, maybe we'll catch some games together, buddy. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Brett, good for Peralt to take a few minutes, even though he's up there, uh, you know, doing doing who knows what up in Park City, Utah, you know. So he was able to uh, take some time out and and give us his picks. Interesting that he is not going with Duke to cut down the nets at the end of this thing. I love it. I, I think fading Duke is absolutely the correct play, especially if you're you're in a bracket. Uh, I think picking Duke is a huge mistake. So love love that play. We will talk about that in just a second, but. You know, let's talk about this here. Of course, uh, kicks off on Thursday. I mean, uh, the the big tournaments to kicks off on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the f- best four days in all of sports and certainly in sports wagering here. Tons and tons of promotions going on over at the f- sports book. So if you guys are looking to do that, of course, head to the lines, head to play picks slash bonus. You'll find all of the offers right there on one page. So you can be sure and take advantage of those. Uh, we have $25 for free at DraftKings Sportsbook if you're located over there in New Jersey, in and or around New Jersey. You only have to be within the borders, so uh, you don't have to live in New Jersey, obviously, so if you want to cross over from New York or Pennsylvania, whatever it might be, be sure and take advantage of that on those pages. But there's at, at FanDuel, they're doing a thing called a, a bandwagon bonus where if you place a bet on a team to win the NCAA tournament, it, it, each round that they advance, you actually get paid, which is pretty interesting. So you get $5 per round if you uh, if, if their team wins. So, I mean, that's a fairly interesting promotion. I like that they're thinking outside of the box. And, I mean, I'm sure – that you know that, that with this you're just going to be paying a ton of five dollar bets on a lot of number one seeds well yeah that's the great thing about it is you can you can bet on number one seeds and that's that's pretty big because number one seeds win the tournament just over 60 percent of the time and each round that your number one seed is advancing you get paid five dollars so that that's pretty cool and there's a similar one over at bet stars uh it's called a ten dollar free bet for long shots if you bet twenty dollars on any seam any team seated two through 16, no number one seeds, you'll earn $10 in free bets 
each round they advance. So similar similar thought process there, but you can't bet on the one seeds over there, but you do get paid more. If you like Kentucky, like Peralt does, who said yeah, that, you, you know go. he likes them getting to the finals, then there you have it, right? I mean, you would Kentucky would uh, get you some nice some nice free bets over there at BetStars at PointsBet, and uh, another uh, new partner of ours they have a make it rain promotion which this is, is a fun one if you place a minimum hundred dollar bet and this is fixed odds spread line bet on any march madness game you get a three dollar bonus for every three-pointer made by your team and listen we already talk about how sports betting makes games better but now you're now you're actually loving every single time that they that they hit a three i mean like yeah this is a, this, this is, is so this fun, is fun. Yeah. yeah this one this is fun this is a good idea whoever thought this up uh really really interesting over there that was a that was a pretty smart smart promotion there and then uh there's one at will hill right in there uh brett yeah if you place at least 17 bets during March Madness. They each bet has to be a minimum of five dollars. You qualify for some bonus prizes through the tournament. Uh, you can't place any more than 25 bets for this. But if you place between 17 and 25 bets, you qualify for a prize pool. If you win at least 17 of those bets, uh, you win at least $25. If you place 25 bets and hit all 25. You win a million dollars. That is, dude. This is a good promotion too. I'm glad that the New Jersey sports books were were cranking it up over there for March Madness. But this is awesome. I mean, listen, guys. So I mean, look at it this way. So if you sit aside 125 dollars, you know, you got to do 20. You got to bet at least five bucks, and and you're going to want to bet 25 just to give your ch- yeah, yeah, to yeah. yourself a better chance of winning anything. You know, set aside 125 dollars, and at best you could win a million, but like, even if you only hit at, you know, 17 of the 25, you still get a return. And then plus you're, you're, you're going to be getting the return on, on all the wins that you have anyway. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, like, so it's just a free $25 bonus. If you hit 17 of 25 and then you're still a winning better as it is anyway, because you, you've won 17 of your 25 bets. So pretty cool promotion over there for them as well. And again, just head to the lines, head to play picks, uh, play picks forward slash bonus has all the things laid out on one single page for you to look there. There'll be all kinds of promo stuff over at the lines as well. So be sure and take a look at all of those. But one of the ways that a lot, you know, the probably the way that even betters, the most their action they're going to get this year will probably be through bracket contest bread. And, you know, some of these, uh, sports books out there have offered some pretty interesting bracket contests. Yeah, and this is what people are really into when it comes to March Madness is filling out their brackets. And not only that, but finding free bracket contests where you can win money. And there are some really good ones, uh, including two at our partners, DraftKings and FanDuel. DraftKings has a $64,000 free bracket when it shares $64,000 there if you finish with uh, the best bracket. And then FanDuel has a similar one, but $250,000 free over at FanDuel. The best bracket wins 100K, and you don't have to put up a single dime to participate. Just sign up. If you haven't already, sign up at DraftKings and FanDuel. There's an article up at thelines.com talking about the five best free bracket contests where you can win money. Uh, definitely check that out and uh, sign up for DraftKings or FanDuel using our links on that page. Yeah, guys, I mean, again, if you're going to be playing these bracket contests with your friends, I know it seems like, and I end up doing this every single year, Brad, I'm sure you do as well, where 
you're like, ah, shit, I'm sitting now. I've filled out 12 brackets, you know, like now I'm in 12 <laughs> of these contests. But I mean, if you're going to fill out one with buddies and you just and you feel like you don't have the time to whatever, I mean, you can just copy the picks like over yeah. and over and over again between all these brackets. But like you mentioned, I mean, this is this is free money. So if you're playing one for twenty five dollars with your buddies, you might as well fill out one at DraftKings and at FanDuel where you're you're winning potentially, you know, life changing money for free. I mean, like it just it's it's a no brainer. So even if you don't want to fill out a unique bracket each and every time, just just copy the picks over. But there's there's no reason not to play these free contests. Yeah. Talk about uh, life changing money. The one at Yahoo is a million dollars for first. And that's it. <laughs> and you finish second place in that thing. You get nothing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, you, uh, yeah. You do. You get alcoholism. Is what you get. Oh like, God, yeah, you do. You, you get a drug habit. Is what you get. Is yeah. First place, a million dollars. Second place, a drug habit. Because like you're gonna like go and, and find like your your closest dealer and be like, I can't believe I missed this by like one game or something. It's, you know, it's unbelievable, man. And of course, the sport the sport's better. And the both of us, it, it was, we immediately start thinking about the hedging possibilities yeah. that, that come with with that contest and how much money you could get down uh, in a short period of time but yeah that 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 is a pretty fun one over yahoo as well a million dollars for first place as you would expect over at william hill sportsbook the team with the most amount of money wagered on them is duke 19 percent of all of the money wagered on the winner of the of the uh, national championship at william hill is Duke, Virginia, 12% of the money. Gonzaga, 11% of the money. Then you get into the single digits here. Carolina at 7%. Kentucky, 7%. Nevada at 5%. And you might be wondering, like, what are you talking about, Nevada? But William Hill operates uh, some books up in northern Nevada. That is where... Uh, Nevada University is located and if you remember at the beginning of the year Brett uh, Nevada was real hot had gotten as high you know and and kind of close to the top five in the country and whatnot and so when you see Nevada at at five percent the explanation would be there are a lot of sports books that are rapidly available to people who live right near where the University of Nevada is located and they were getting down on that team and hey I don't blame them and hey they're still live as of today. Well, yeah, not only that, but Nevada opened as an underdog in the first round, too. So I would imagine, well, if this is, is this for the futures or is this for everything? Yeah, no, this is, this is, this is for futures to win win the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, Tennessee, 4% of the money, Kansas, 4% of the money, Michigan, 4% of the money, and then Michigan State, 4% of the money. So that is, but you can see overwhelming in the top three there in Duke, Virginia, Gonzaga at 19, 12, and 11% of all money wagered uh, to win the whole thing. So that is pretty, pretty crazy there. And if you're talking about futures tickets, Brett, if you're sweating it at William Hill, if Cincinnati <laughs> or Purdue or Louisville or Minnesota, all these teams have no chance. So it's funny because they just did the biggest tickets that they took. 2,000 on Cincinnati it was at 200 to 1. They took 2,000 on Purdue, which was at 150 to 1. 1,000 on Louisville at 250 to 1. 1,000 on Minnesota at 200 to 1. So they had all these that were, that were live and uh, they were kind of sweating how that was going to play out. But, you know, there are there is at least a you know a two thousand dollar bet on florida state at 75 to one that would put that uh put 150k in that better's pocket and florida state really really turned it on in the latter half of the season started playing some really good basketball and uh you know florida state two thousand dollar future bet at 75 to one i'm sure whoever's holding that ticket's feeling pretty good 
Yeah, definitely. There, there's some there's some good tickets here. Don't don't skip over the Buffalo ticket. A thousand to one for <laughs> Buffalo. Wait, I think you can get Buffalo with like sixty or eighty to one right now. So I, I, I'm loving that ticket if I have it right now. Yeah, I mean I, that, that I, was made way back in August. So that was yeah. that was a that was a Buffalo fan, my friend. Was that you when you were here? Was hey, that- it was it was not. Man, I wish that was me, but it was not. <laughs> uh, yeah, made way back in August. Whenever that bet was made, the two thousand on Florida State was actually made. February 22nd of this year. So somebody caught them right as they were getting really hot and uh, got them at 75 to one over at FanDuel. Most popular futures, um, Duke, as you would expect, 23% of all future wagers. So nearly one in four bets, Brett, has been on Duke at FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, not surprising at all. I mean, Virginia, 17%. Gonzaga. That's, that's a little surprising, actually, Virginia, the yeah. people around Virginia after what happened to them in the tournament last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can only assume that maybe there's a bit of regional bias going on here. I mean, when you think about it, uh, you know, obviously there's there's not a lot of good New York or New Jersey basketball teams this year. So maybe you're maybe they're just grasping on to the closest really good team i, I don't know i mean I, i'm trying to figure it out as well or maybe yeah, you just like money maybe they just think they're good you know yeah i i like it i think there's there's value built into virginia this year because of the, what happened to them in the tournament last year so uh yeah i like that zags 13 percent of the money largest future bet twenty five thousand dollar wager on virginia at plus 750 so oh well that that plays into it a little bit <laughs> yeah 25k in the future yeah mgm took a five-figure bet on virginia as well at 12 to 1 which is pretty crazy they also took a 15k bet on gonzaga to win at six to one that happened just this past monday over there five thousand on purdue at 30 to one uh, good luck with that. Derek Stevens, you might have heard about him. He owns the D Casino here in Las Vegas. Big, big, big sports better. He placed a hundred thousand dollars on a on a it was kind of a you know an exotic kind of bet where it was plus one oh five early in the season that Duke, Gonzaga, Michigan, or Kansas would win the national championship against the field. So he has those four teams against the field. At plus one hundred five for a hundred thousand, uh, Brett. As this played out, of course, Michigan and Kansas didn't continue to uh, play as well as everybody thought throughout the course of the entire, uh, you know, entirety of the season. But you know, to have a hundred k on Duke or Gonzaga to win, um, uh, that's pretty good. I, I think that's not that's not that's not bad. And then, of course, Kansas is certainly a live dog, and 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 with Michigan as well. Yeah, I don't know if he's got the better end of this at this point, but yeah, you've got. Well, I mean, I'm sure the two best teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when he placed this, it was it was probably predicted that Kansas would also be a one seed and Michigan would probably be a a two at the worst or, you know, something. So, I yeah, I mean, uh, he's also a big we should also mention he's also a big Michigan (laughs) fan. So, you know, there's there's that the D casino is. uh, Yeah, it's named after because of Detroit. So um, that is. is, Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Also building the biggest casino in or our biggest sports book in the world uh currently in in downtown las vegas yeah it is going to be like uh the super book on steroids is basically how yeah. they're just how they're describing it so i uh, can't wait for that to get going there in uh in 2020 all right so let's close this thing out here brett talking about march madness a little bit of bracket strategy you said that you uh, a little just a, just a little bit ago had said that you were definitely going to be fading duke in your brackets yeah, and I, I attack 
the bracket pool like I'm putting together a puzzle. Like I don't think you have to watch college basketball all year to win a bracket contest. I actually think it's more about like playing the odds and forecasting what other people in your pool are going to do when filling out the brackets and kind of adapting from from there because you and I play daily fantasy sports. This is kind of similar to that and kind of similar to like the Las Vegas Super Contest. It's a peer-to-peer game where you can kind of take advantage of public perception along with the unpredictable nature of sports. And I, th- I think that's really the most important aspect of these types of games where you're not playing against the house. You're playing against your family, your friends. Right. You're playing against random sports fans. So just looking at the data here provided by ESPN, and they keep this data updated all the way until tip-off on Thursday – how much people are picking every team to advance in each round. So more than 70% of people who have filled out brackets on ESPN right now, right now have Duke in the final four, 70%. And of those 55% have Duke in the national championship, 38% have Duke winning it all. That's a lot of people who are relying on one team that is just freshmen. Like they've never, been through this process before. Meanwhile, you got Michigan State in the same region being picked at 17% in the Final Four, 5% to win it all. And if you want to dig, dig even deeper in that region, your LSU Tigers, the three seed, are being picked at less than 4% to get to the Final Four. Right. Like if, you pick, if you pick LSU to be Duke in the Elite Eight, you are literally on an island in your bracket pool. And like that's unlikely to happen, but what are the true odds of LSU reaching the final four are they greater than four percent like those are the those are the questions I ask myself when putting together a bracket and there are a lot of smart people there who watch college basketball all year like odds makers who do the work for us and kind of help us uh, put together everything we need to know uh, when we're putting when we're uh, filling out our bracket like taking a look at futures odds or look at headlines or any of, of that kind of data but um, I, I really don't – I don't watch college basketball. I don't really look at the stats. I kind of look at everything on the outside like what other people are doing when they're filling out their bracket, and, and that, that's that's just how I attack it. Yeah, um, for me, I think the biggest piece of advice I could give to you if you have not filled out your brackets yet is – to assess the size of the contest that you're playing yeah. in, and then that will dictate how chalky you can be and get away with it. The smaller the field, then the chalkier you can be because there are going to be guys who there is always, if you're playing with a family friends league and there's only, you know, 10, 12, 15 of you, there's always going to be a few get too cute people out there so you're already ahead of them by actually staying chalky it seems weird but we're talking game theory here there's always going to be these people in these smaller pools that decide they're going to get super wacky you know oh, i'm gonna get crazy and have a number seven seed go to the final four well good for you you're dead you know like your 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 entry is dead in these pools so uh in the smaller ones you can actually afford to be pretty chalky and it actually is plus ev now the bigger these things get then the more you have to start thinking outside of the box. And certainly, Brett, when we're talking about these, you know, very top heavy pools, especially like a Yahoo or even the 100K and the FanDuel or whatever it might be, you really need to differentiate yourself from the rest of everybody out there. And listen, that might equal a bad bracket, right? I mean, that might end up with you looking at your bracket at the end going like, holy mackerel, this thing was terrible. But at the end of the day, we're trying to position ourselves in the best way possible to win the whole thing. Because if you don't win the whole thing, 
then you're not really winning, and especially in the Yahoo. And like, if you don't win the whole thing, then it's not worth it. So you just have to put yourself in the best place that you can to actually win it. Absolutely. Yeah, the size of, of your pool is hugely important. So, I mean, it, the, the strategy I just talked about is more for like a big pool, that type of thing. But if you, know, if you are playing this Yahoo contest, definitely read a read around about the, the big sleepers and, and watch our videos at play picks talking about teams, the lower seeded teams that could make a run. Those are the kind of teams you want to target, maybe putting in your final four, because if it does happen, that's the kind of thing that can put you ahead of, of a huge field. Um, you, you don't want Duke against North Carolina in your championship game if you're in a massive contest where all the money is at the top because everybody else is doing that. The other piece of advice I would get for betters out there, if you're looking at kind of a team that's a fairly that's a that's a decent long shot, um, might be better to just place rollover bets as a, as a, as opposed to. Um, you know, uh, betting the futures bets because one, it gives yourself an out along the way as well. Could because you're not locked in all the way through the end of the uh, through the end of the tournament with everything, and it also gives you a chance to just easily hedge as well with things like that. So just think about that because there might be an opportunity where you would be able to make as much money uh, just rolling over your bets than if you were. You know, if you were placing a, a futures bet on a team, you know, for example, say you fell in love with say you're a you're a guy that fell in love with, uh, you know, like a five seed or a six seed or something like that. Um, maybe just betting the money line uh, on them, because, again, for them to make it far enough in the tournament for you, you're it's basically just you're placing a a whole bunch of money line bets whenever you're placing a futures bet. So sometimes uh, better to just just think about it from that aspect and just roll over a whole bunch of money line bets as opposed to betting that futures bet. But again, that's just something you'll have to kind of do the math in your head and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it, it locks you in for the entire tournament if you do a, a big futures bet. And if you uh, just play rollovers on the on the money lines, then I mean you're you're essentially doing the same thing, Brett, but it's it gives you a chance to to get out if you if you feel like you need to get out. Love it. Yeah. Any way you can get the, the most value out of your bet is, is the way you should go. So love it. Yep. Guys, appreciate you being here for this edition again next week, talking a bunch of Major League Baseball. Week after that, we will talk some Masters. We'll have uh, some guests on here, experts in the fields, talking about all of the things uh, that, that Brett and I aren't completely experts on. And so uh, that's what we're going to try to do is bring you the goods here for guys that live and breathe and eat all of this stuff. So for Brett, I am Matt. See you guys next week. <laughs>